94.1 FM, 3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're back again for another episode of VFL Rewind. And a very exciting one tonight. I'm actually really excited for this. We've got a, a special on Tasmanian footy. So it's a very special place, Tasmania. A lot of a lot of great footballers have come out of Tasmania. Got a great a lot of great football clubs in Tasmania. They've also had a VFL club. So And there's a possibility that they'll have a VFL club again very soon. So we want to t- we want to talk Tassie footy. As per usual, I'm joined by the great man in the studio, Peter Lausch. Lausch, welcome to VFL Rewind again for another week. Thanks for having us, Brad. Yeah, no, it's going to be a very good show. Um, as we know, the Tasmanian Football League over the last probably 20 or 30 years has been in decline um, and not as many good footballers have come out of there. But um, their NAB League side, both men, uh, boys and girls, is actually looking promising. But it's going to be really good to um, talk to people who are the, that are based down there, both north and south as well. So that should um, be interesting to discuss that little bit of a divide down there. Yeah, we're really looking forward to t- chatting about that. So from the north, uh, if people don't understand... Um, Tasmania, for people who've never been or, or been involved, it's yeah, it's it's a very there's a bit of a north south divide. So you've got to get, I guess, both. It's a bit like politics. You got to get both sides, north and south opinion. I think we've we've done that tonight. We've got Thane Bradley who played for, uh, who not played for, who who's the president of uh, North Launceston Football Club, very um, successful club down there, very successful, well respected um, president down there. We've got a guy who is an absolute expert of Tasmanian sport. I don't, I don't think there's anyone down in Tassie who knows much more about Tassie sport than this man, Brent Costello, who also uh, works for Win News. Um, he's also he's also been involved in footy for a very long time down there. So looking forward to having a chat with Brent. And then for our VFA or VFL legend segment each week, for anyone who doesn't know, we get a legend on who used to play in the VFA or the VFL. And as we know, Tasmanian Devils played in the VFL for, I think, it was six years or seven years. And they were lucky enough to get Ben Beams, who played for a few years. Ben Beams was actually the leading goal kicker for Tasmanian Devils um, once they um, ended up folding, I think, in 2007. So very good player for the Devils, Ben Beams. I'll tell you what, there wouldn't be many players. Ben Beams played for the Melbourne Demons, the Tasmanian Devils, and the Myrtleford Alpine Saints just to um, counterbalance the two two evils. <laughs> like, uh, some interesting nicknames there, isn't there? So everybody he's played for. And he was also involved with, I think, Glenorchy Football Club for a little while in Tasmania University in the old Scholars Football Association down there. Exactly right. That you spot on, Laoshi. And the most important thing, I think, about Ben Beams, if you look back on his career, which we'll talk to him a little bit later on, is he's a VFL Premiership player with Sandringham. So... In total, I think uh, Ben Beams played 100 and just on 120 games. Uh, I think 120, 120, 118 games. Sorry, he played all up. So uh, VFL games, yeah, VFL good. games. So yeah. very good career. Um, so yeah. really looking forward to having a little bit of chat to Ben later on. But for now, we're, we're going to go through the VFL scores that have just gone by. Um, we'll we'll get through those and we'll we'll get straight stuck into Tassie footy. Um, after that, yep. um, we had. We had the VFL uh, just gone round three in the men's, and um, Laoshi will take us through the scores. Yeah, on Friday night, that we had a very close game down at um, Geelong, where Geelong defeated the Brisbane Lions 13-12-90 to 13-5-83. Um, Saturday midday at the Preston City Oval, um, the Northern Bull Ants were defeated 8-14-62 to 14-13-97 by Collingwood. Um, Saturday afternoon at one o'clock at um, Port Melbourne, the Sydney Swans um, won 10 12, 72 to 10 5, 65. So that's a zip and three Port Melbourne right now. Um, Saturday afternoon at Blacktown International Sports Park, the GWS Giants 16 10, 106 to the Coburg Lions, 9-10-64, so an easy seven-goal win to the Giants up there. Um, Richmond, the team that's been sort of up and down in the VFL in the first three weeks, um, had a um, 26-point win against Footscray, 14-11, 
1095 to 10969 on Saturday night Southport traveled down to Avalon Airport Oval and had a comprehensive 52 point win against Werribee 1916 130 to Werribee 111278 at the same time um, at Williamstown the KC Demons won 1510 100 to 91165 on Sunday the game we covered on radio um, the Box Hill Hawks 15 10 100 to Sandringham's 7 14 56. Up on the um, Gold Coast, Carlton had a 52 point win against the Gold Coast Suns 17 11 113 to 7 19 61. So Neil Butler would say bad kicking is bad football, oh. definitely bad football. Bad and kicking. congratulations to the Frankston Football Club. Um, they defeated Essendon at the hangar. And I reckon it's probably because of that 39-minute quarter and 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> that's what Robbo puts it down to. Um, 20 goals, 18-138 to 16-12-108. Now, that, now the, the North Melbourne had to buy. I just, so, want to, I just want to mention from the Frankston game, so uh, Will Fordham absolutely dominated. 37 disposals, yeah. And four goals. Uh, absolute monster game, and he's probably the difference, to be honest. Uh, sounds like he ha- had a massive impact on the game, that one. Yeah. Uh, the top eight for the VFL um, is Carl- Carlton, GWS, Casey Demons, all still undefeated um, in Collingwood, top four, um, with three wins from three games. Uh, followed by the Southport Sharks, Sydney Swans, Geelong, and the Gold Coast Suns with two wins and one loss each. That rounds out the top eight for the VFL. And it was a fantastic round of VFL. Uh, some yeah, some great highlights. Um, I thought and um, yep. a Marty kick four goals for Sydney. I thought he was fantastic on the weekend. Um, there was a few others. Um, Majak Door played fantastic. I thought mm-hmm. for um, Casey took a fantastic mark there. Um, he was played really well. Also, um, a few other players who, who really impressed me throughout the uh, out the round included um, Matheson played really well for Brisbane. Thought yep. thought his game was really well. So there's a lot of guys yeah who are pushing for AFL selection. So that's a good thing um, about the VFL. You know, you got got some guys who come back and come down, and yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, definitely some good good quality games. A couple of surprises like who would have thought? You know, at the start of the year we'd be sitting here and both. Traditional clubs, Williamstown and Port Melbourne, zero and three. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, a bit shocked. Be very, yeah. very shocked to be honest. Um, hopefully they can bounce back. Uh, the VFLW, we had North Melbourne defeated Darabin forty-seven to twenty-two. Uh, Hawthorne defeated Southern Saints forty-two to twenty-one. Geelong defeated, defeated Collingwood fifty-seven to twenty-two. Essendon defeated Carlton sixty-one to fifteen. Williamstown defeated Casey. Oh, Casey defeated Williamstown. Sorry, fifty-one to thirty. And Port Melbourne defeated Western Bulldogs thirty-six to eighteen. You know what made that Casey win so good against Williamstown in the VFLW? Not a single Melbourne listed player played for Casey that game. Melbourne decided to take the whole squad across to Adelaide for the AFLW Grand Final. So that's a fantastic effort by the Casey Demons just to do it with their VFL standalones. And a lot of people, probably Williamstown people, say, well, all our players are VFL standalones, so it's nothing special. But when you've had him in there for so uh, for so many weeks, you sort of get a little bit used to that. And good on Melbourne for taking the whole squad across there because it doesn't... Okay, they ended up runners-up, but it doesn't matter if you've played one game or you've played them all. You've been a part of that um, that side for that year. Yeah, no, well said. Um, top six in the VFLW, Casey on top, Essendon in second, Hawthorne in third, Geelong in fourth, Darren Falcons in fifth and in the top six last spot, Southern Saints. So the the, the VFL uh, ladder almost looks set. There's a bit of a mini gap there. Southern Saints are a game clear of Collingwood in seventh. So a game and a half. Game and a half. Sorry. Uh, one thing we do want to mention um, is yeah, this is a Tasmanian special show. So we're 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 trying to focus a little bit on Tassie footy. Um, we think that the Tassie footy doesn't get much love, Laoshi. I think we've we've sort of realised that for the, the size of Tasmania, the amount of good players, the amount of good leagues. Um, they've got some very good local clubs, very yeah. strong traditions down there. Um, that I think that's part of the problem, to be honest. Um, they don't get the, the the respect they deserve at times, Tassie. Um, and I think that's the problem. You look at you go back in time to when the Mariners were in the TAC Cup, and they're yeah. getting kids drafted every year. Yeah. The last ten years, it's dried up a little bit, and um, I don't know why. Um, don't know. I, I've got haven't got the answers, but that's what I'm looking forward to chatting to the three people tonight. They might have a better bit of a better insight, but. 
Tassie football has always been a heartland of footy. So yeah. they need to need to hopefully get this AFL team and it just sets the wheels in motion of what's going to happen. Well, Tasmania, I reckon, is very similar to the Northern Territory. They've had that same problem about getting players drafted and that's the reason that they um, wound up the thunder and pulled out of the knee full um, and sort of... Uh, formed an alignment with the Gold Coast Suns and Academy there and all that. So um, it will be interesting what they these um, three guys from Tasmania have to say. You know, also find out would they want their own new startup Tasmanian side or would they entertain the thought of a relocated side from, say, Melbourne like... North Melbourne obviously has been previously offered to them and the women's team, the AFL team, is called North Melbourne Tasmania. So is there already sort of a little bit of a um, foothold by North Melbourne in Tasmania to relocate? Um, you know, North Melbourne was thrown up as the site to relocate to the Gold Coast, you know, 12 years ago as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, my opinion is... and. Um, we'll chat to the three gentlemen a little bit later, but it needs to be a Tassie team. It needs to be yeah, a, from, a from ground, ground up. Yeah. Ground up. Um, I'd be getting the first person. I'd be getting once once the license has been announced, is I'd be bringing in the former premier of Tasmania, Peter. How do you pronounce? I'm very bad with pronouncing. Yeah. Peter Goodwin. 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 Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's it. It's a very good German name. Uh, Pete, I'd be ringing Peter straight away and saying, Peter, would you like to be president of the, of the inaugural? Tasmanian Football Club, and if he says yes, I think you'd go beauty because yeah. you've got a bloke who's 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 battered so hard for Tassie. Yeah. I think if that if that man hadn't have done what he did yeah. in the last three years, he he um he put the heat, he turned the tables, and he put the heat on um on yeah. the AFL, and he said basically said you know um we're not we're not engaging until you give us something, you know, put something on the table, and yeah. and it and it created that 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 um report which yeah. basically um said that it was viable to have a Tasmanian football team. Um, mm. You know, there was a lot of effort gone into that and it was viable. They've shown with the Hobart Hurricanes that they can do it. They've yeah. shown it with the Tassie Tigers. The, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, Jumpers have yeah. just proved proved to everybody that yeah. it can be done down there yeah. when it's marketed right and it's promoted right. And I think if, if AFL don't do it now, they're going to they're gonna miss the boat so much down there. I always find it strange that they went a second Sydney side and a second Queensland side, which are non-AFL states, before they actually dropped the team into, say, Darwin and and um, Hobart or Tasmania or, you know, even the AC, ACT or something. Like, the ACT used to be a former stronghold for AFL football until about 1982 when the Swans were relocated to Sydney and um, obviously the New South Wales Rugby League said, oh, well, you're going to put an AFL team or VFL team back in those days in a rugby league stronghold. We'll drop a rugby league side in a AFL stronghold, which Canberra was. Yeah, they were, and yeah. I mean that they won a they won a premiership within their first ten years. I think they won a couple actually. Raiders, so. yeah, the 88, 89. They um they won a couple of um, flags and. They made uh, the rest of this history. You go up to Canberra and you, you find it hard to believe that it um, used to be an AFL stronghold, like okay, the Ainsley Football Club and the Balconnen Football Clubs. Yeah, they're strong clubs, but they're, they're nowhere near strong enough to be in a VFL competition. Exactly right. And I think that's the biggest worry with Tasmania. You know, we, we hear things down there that, you know, it's this, this sport's taken off, you know, soccer's taken off or yeah. other sports are taken off. And mm. I think as an AFL fan or an AFL person, you know, anyone who, who supports the AFL would be saying they just need to get a team because if they don't, yeah. that it's it's going to it's gonna change. They've got Tasmania and they've got, got Hawthorne playing games down there. But mm. then that, and that's the other quick question before we did get to the thing. The question I'd love to ask if, if you could if you could poll every Tasmanian and say, okay, you support the AFL, yes or no? And the ones that say yes, they say, what well, you know, obviously you have an AFL club. If Tasmania come into the AFL, what would you do? Would you would you buy a membership? Mm-hmm. Would you continue to support your old club? Would mm-hmm. you stop supporting your old club and support the new club? Because they're the questions that I think probably haven't been asked. Because Tasmania come in, everyone's already got a club, so mm-hmm. that's another question that I think um, 
I hope that all the Tasmanian people would, would get behind the new Tasmanian club. It might be a case like when Victorians relocate to, say, Sydney for work purposes and they buy a Sydney Swans membership just to get a, a seat at the ground, but they really barrack for Essendon or something like that. You know, that's, if that's the only thing going, you'd, you'd buy it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, I think to be honest, I think most of the Tasmanians would, would get behind yeah, the team. I think so I think as well. There might be a few that go, no, nah, I'm, I'm staying supporting Carlton or whoever they, they support, but I think... Across the board, I think, you know, the majority would, would probably jump on the new team. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. We're so. going to go to a break now, but we're going to be back with our first special guest. We're <laughs> looking forward to chatting to this man from the north of Tasmania in Launceston, the president of the North Launceston Football Club in Thane Brady. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental, Tobin Brothers Funerals, Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar, LP Antiques and Collectibles, Aaliyah Framing, Piranha Foods, MR Davids Constructions, Dragon City Tattoos, Buffalo Sports, and the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and 3WBC Football. The old favourite, My Way, takes an early lead in the celebrating live stakes, followed by High Tea, who's travelling well. Red Juleps is blooming beautifully, followed in behind them by Wind Beneath My Wings. Coming late is the Harleyhurst. Yes, it's the Harleyhurst who's running on. They hit the line. The judges call for the photo in the celebrating live stakes. Thanks, Brian. When you reach the final finishing line, how would you like to be celebrated? Find out more at turbanbrothers.com.au. Turban Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to welcome back to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. Almost got the wrong guest on. I uh, accidentally rang uh, Brent Costello instead of Thane. So almost uh, we'll get to we'll get to Brent at 7:30. But uh, for now we've got the great man Thane Brady. Thane joins us from the Northland Launceston Football Club. He's the president down there, and he he knows all things Tassie footy. He's, he's very well. Very well spoken, knows your footy inside out, and we're so blessed to have Thane on the show to have a bit of a chat. Thane, welcome to, thank you for joining us, and welcome to VFR Rewind. Yeah, cheers, mate. What's going on? G'day, g'day Thane, Lausche speaking. How are you, mate? Lausche, yeah, good, thanks, mate. Thanks for the opportunity. That's, that's all right. Um, what's your view um, of a Tasmanian AFL side, but maybe with a VFL side initially for the first, say, two or th three years before leading in to becoming an AFL side, a la like the Gold Coast and GWS did, and what impact would a VFL side have on you guys in the TSL? Okay, yeah, well, our club has always been 100% um, uh, behind the AFL push. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a philosophy that our players should be... Um, able to access the highest level of competition in Australia and uh, we continually breed our players to uh, at the moment go off the island and uh, and raise above the TSL and go into um, you know VFL, Sandful and other comps. Mm -hmm. So we're all for it um, but you know anything's possible with money and there is no easy solution um, to answer your question tonight. Mm -hmm because it will depend on what cash is coming in. Now, we've had an absentee landlord here in Tassie for, you know, at least the, you know, the 12 years that I've been president of this club. Uh, the AFL has uh, thrown, you know, enormous amounts of money into uh, New South Wales and Queensland, and we can all see the fantastic benefits of that. Uh, they've got great academies, they're producing great players. But that was the detriment of us. So... The next, the next part of uh, uh, my thinking uh, is, well, let's reflect on what happened previously. We had an excellent program when the Tassie Devils were playing in the VFL, uh, but then things started to, um, to go off the rails. And from our perspective, it was because we had one, we, we effectively ran out of players. Um, we had the issue of players not being paid a lot of money yet, being, you know, the commitment levels were huge. Uh, to try and reach that standard and, uh, you know, and, and travel and what have you. Um, they 
principal, you had to move to Hobart to be able to do that. And the next level down, when we were playing community football, the gap was massive. So to be recruited out of our local community footy to step up into VFL, it was huge then. It would be a skyscraper now. Yeah, that's... That leads... So, so, sorry, mate. But, yeah, okay. uh, Here we go. Yep. So, so the, it's the structure. We have to get the structure right. We have, we've, we have very poor facilities here in Tassie, and everyone sees the, you know, the the Blunston and, and Utah Stadium on telly, and that's our showcases. But below that, community football suffers. We don't have the facility investment. There are weeks and weeks and weeks that go on throughout our season where. Clubs are forced off grounds, there's no training. Um, junior trainings are, are, are massively affected by it. Uh, you know, we put 300 kids on one oval for an hour because that's all the training time is available. So the facilities, uh, our umpires, are, uh, you know, the pool of umpires haven't been uh, regenerated. Our coaching is way behind because players leave the island um, but don't come back. Yeah. So we've got a coaching glut. Uh, we've got a, a gap in leadership and administration, and we have a real problem linking our jun- juniors into seniors around Tasmania, where we have effectively more senior clubs than what we do junior clubs. Now, this leads me to the next question about all the things that affect Tasmanian football. The north-south um, battle between in the, within the state, like a lot of people aren't familiar with the north and the south sort of battle uh, with Tasmanians. Where would you put a VFL side that would appease um, everyone in Tasmania, or an AFL side? Where would you play them out of? Well, it has to it has to be um, based around our three regions, and uh, we have um, absolutely no problem with uh, the, the the plan to build a you know a fantastic stadium in Hobart. Mm-hmm. We have no problem with uh, a VFL or an AFL side being based in Hobart, being the capital. Mm-hmm. But we've got to learn from the mistakes of the past so somehow or another we, we need to engage better than we did before with in particular the northwest mm-hmm. where you know uh, history will show that um, many 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 fantastic AFL players come out of the northwest coast and and lately out of our area in Launceston where um, you know we, we've been sending players off to the AFL regularly so there needs to be a balance, but I think the, um, the AFL task force have done a magnificent job in that area. Um, but the VFL side, as you know, guys, um, a lot of those players are part-timers. They're semi-professional. So now we have a situation, and, and unless we adopt a, uh, an NFL-type approach, we'll be asking a player to, to travel from Launceston up to Southport to play a game of footy. It is it is a big uh, yeah it is a big test from that perspective I guess logistically and I guess that leads me to the next question um as, as you mentioned two thousand and one when when Tassie come in I think they they got it right they played in um is it Olverstone I'm my pronunciation apologise saying if I pronounce that wrong they played at Burnie they played at York Park and they played it in Hobart um is that the sort of thing you think that would you know if they played they scattered a couple of games in each venue if, the, if a VFL club did return do you think that's probably the best way to go about it. Well, absolutely. Uh, the Northwest Coast have uh, at Penguin have Dial Park, which is a, a fantastic uh, facility. Uh, arrest, there are some really good facilities on the Northwest Coast, but they all need a bit of money. Um, East Devonport's another really good facility, but it's not just about the playing. Like people will go and watch um, the, the VFL like they did previously, where the Devils, you know, got some really good crowds. But it's more about where do we get our players from. So this comes back to the structure. So we do need, in our view, we, we, we must have the stepping stones in place. So if we're going to have a VFL side and AFL side, Tasmania needs to feed that somehow. And at the moment, um, we're unable to do that because we don't have the links or the investment between you know, the juniors and, and the seniors. Um, our devils uh, sit out alone in the, in the map loop. Um, and then what happens if we produce all these under-18 players, not all of them are going to walk straight into a VFL side. So do we send them back to community footy uh, where they're not going to develop or do we need the state league 
as a stepping stone. It's a very good so that those players can then bounce into the VFL and AFL. That's a very good question, Thane. And I guess, do you think that the a VFL club in Tasmania and the State League could coexist, or do you think it's either one or the other? No, I think it definitely can, uh, because again, um, depending on how the AFL support the introduction of our AFL side, which I'm quite confident will occur, I think it's we were in the best position ever. So obviously, there's going to be the opportunity of players from outside of Tasmania coming in, that the young men, and they'll need to be developed into AFL players. So the VFL side won't uh, be constructed out of all of Tasmania's players. Um, but those guys will need a, to, uh, you know, a, a safety net as to where they can go back to if they need assistance. So, I mean, at the moment, we send players into the North Melbourne VFL side on a top-up basis at a state league, and it works really well for us. That leads me to the next question. If an AFL or VFL side were to be brought into Tasmania, Thane, would you want it to start from scratch in Tasmania or would you entertain the thought of a relocated side? Because you've got the North Melbourne AFLW team called North Melbourne Tasmania. As you've just said, you guys um, send a fair few players as top-up players into the VFL side. What is the thought in Tasmania um, across the board? Is it, yeah, we'll be okay if, say, North Melbourne relocated or no, we want, we want to start from scratch, even if it means, you know, we're going to be the whipping boys for a couple of years? Yeah, well, the, the, t- Tasmania are proud football people. Yeah. And the North Melbourne experiment where they, you know, label us Tasmanian, Hawthorne's the same, yeah. where they put the Tasmania thing, that, that's just a marketing ploy. Um, people don't buy into it. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think if, um, if we had a Tasmanian North Melbourne side in the VFL um, as a stepping stone to our AFL side, no, that, 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 I think I think that's a fair point. And I think that, yeah, starting from scratch, I think is the way to go. Uh, one question I do want to ask you, a bit of a quirky one. Um, we've got a great uh, loyal stats man here in Melbourne named Michael Robinson, and he sent me a message about three, or oh, probably three years ago, and he said that down at, there was a rumour going around that North Launceston were looking at joining the VFL. Was there any truth to that? It was just a wild rumour that had nothing going for it. <laughs> nah, look, it's... Uh, the, the VFL was run by the AFL, so we wouldn't have a hope in hell of um, of getting into that. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't imagine their committees. Um, we haven't looked at that since uh, the last statewide league, where we did make a uh, uh, an application, which was rejected because, again, um, you know, with, with, with where we live at Utah Stadium or York Park, uh, we have you know, very high. Um, rates for both um, you know, training and playing. Uh, we don't wish to go back to community league. Um, no, we support a lot of the community clubs and what have you. Um, so, yes, it's um, we, we did years ago, but again, I'm talking back now in the you know, in the late 90s, we made an application to the Burfield, but um, but certainly not since then. Yeah, no, nah, because he was listening to Taz, Michael um, Osrobo, very, very um, well-credentialed VFL man. Yeah, he was listening to Tasmanian radio, and um, on the radio down there, some some um, journalist mentioned that, um, I'm not sure who it was, that, yeah, that, that North Launceston might have been joining. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, a bit of a left-field one. I don't think any of us um, would have expected that. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks, nah. thanks for clearing that one up. <laughs> No, we've. Um, I mean, we've, we've always aspired to playing at the highest level, but um, again, I don't think that. Um, you know, we, we believe that a Tasmanian VFL side is the most appropriate to give um, you know the players from around the state the opportunity. We just need to be able to open it up and make it sustainable, and um, and again, learn from our past experiences. So, uh, so where are we based? Well, you know, it really needs to be a regional type operation. We, we can send players what we did last year. We sent uh, Tom Donnelly, who's now playing in Norwood. Um, we sent him from Launceston to Hobart to Melbourne to Southport and then returned to play for North Melbourne. <laughs> so anything's possible. Uh, but mind you, Tom was a uni student. He lost three days of, uh, of school doing it. Uh, so, yes, it's great to have a VFL side, but... Um, but they're the logistical type issues, not mm. just for training, but also for playing. Mm. So, um, you know, but again, the, the, I can tell you that the players all wish to aspire to, to the highest level. So 
send of um, Tom Donnelly if they go and go to Norwood. Uh, well, it wouldn't be great if we had our own Tasmanian side where these boys can go and uh, and try their luck. One final question, Thane. We were talking last week about the Lauderdale North Launceston game. You guys got across the line by two points, but you had six players missing, was it, because of a jumper presentation? Yes. <laughs> uh, so the, the, our under-18 Devil program uh, runs independently. And, um, and again, because we haven't got a lot of... Uh, we haven't got the pool of players uh, that you have in Melbourne... Uh, so a lot of the guys um, find that our two yourself programs are uh, at a higher level than their Devils program training, but they have to train, obviously, to represent Tassie. But, uh, yes, there was a, uh, an issue where we lost six players because of a jumper presentation. Crazy. Of, um, and this, this, is, this is part of this structure that we talk about. Yeah, you know, we've, we've got a lot of internal problems here, and um, uh, in, the, in the last... You know, ten plus years, we've never been able to resolve them. So, which boneheads you know, were responsible for that decision? That, that's an that's an AFL Tasmania decision. Oh, uh, yes. they, they, they they run the um, the Devils program, yeah. and um, but yes, so they'd rather them go to a jump presentation than actually compete yeah. at a statewide level. Well, Thane, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, as, as we mentioned, you know, um, really influential person down in Tasmania. You know, you know your stuff inside out, and it's great to get insight from you of what's going on down there and yeah, how it's all going to plan out if the, uh, the AFL do give Tasmania a licence. And, um, yeah, good luck with the, uh, the Northern Bombers for us. So hopefully these boys can go well. And, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thane. Thane Brady, gentlemen, great to, great to have a chat with him. And, um, yeah, very, very well spoken. Um, yeah. Yeah, great bloke, and finally got him on um, on the radio. To, yeah, he came in late because uh, we needed to re- replace our original plan, and um, Thane was more than happy to cover it. Gentleman, absolute gentleman, it was great to chat, and very well spoken to. Um, listen to all these points, and I think he made a, a very fairly valid point. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break. Really looking forward to chatting this man, absolute expert of Tasmanian football, and um, he will join us after the break. Uh, Brent Costello, you're listening to VFL Rewind here on ninety four point one FM, three WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Alia Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. Ready, set. For easy, automatic trucks, Budget's good to go. One of Australia's largest rental fleets at great rates. All you need is a regular car licence. Book now at budgettrucks.com.au or call 13 27 27. With Budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the halfway point of our show and we've got our next special guest on the line here talking all Tasmanian football for our VFL Rewind Tasmanian special. And we've got a man on the line who's an, who's an absolute expert, in my opinion, number one sports journalist out of Tasmania. He knows everything Tasmanian sport, not just AFL, basketball, all the sports down there. And he joins us on the line now, Brent Costello. Brent, thank you very much for giving up a bit of your time to, uh, to, to chat to us boys. And um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. No, great to be on the show, fellas. Thanks for having me. G'day, Brent Lowshy speaking. Um, how far away do you think, um, realistically, um, Tasmania is f- uh, from having, say, a VFL side for, say, starters? So reintroducing a VFL side um, before, like the Gold Coast and GWS had um, when before they came into the AFL and. Um, how many how many years do you reckon it would take to actually um, get it all set up and going down there? Yeah, it's a million dollar question at the moment. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Uh, a lot of people are saying twenty twenty seven uh, will be the date or around that mark. But um, if, if that's the case, you think we'd get a, a VFL team potentially by uh, maybe twenty twenty four at the earliest, I guess twenty twenty five maybe. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all going to hinge on this decision later this year, I guess, and and. Um, seeing what the presidents decide, and then I guess the, it'll be mapped out from there. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating um, 
topic of conversation because we were supposed to have a VFL team uh, as of last year. That was yeah. the original plan. That obviously didn't happen in the end um, with how things have changed. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, a wait and see, I think. But uh, the sooner the better, of course. And what would the state league teams down there have to do? Because it's um, if you're going to have an AFL side down there, you would hope that, say, the majority of your players will be homegrown products so you don't have that go-home factor. What, what would have to happen to the state league teams right right now to be sort of uh, be the main source of your um, AFL list? Yeah, that's an interesting um, topic of conversation too because um, the, the, the structure underneath the, the team will be fascinating. I guess that's what Alistair Clarkson's job is at the moment, trying to determine what the that structure looks like. If you speak uh, to all of the TSL clubs, they'd love to make sure they stick around for, for a long time to come. So they'd like to see, um, I think, um, that being the underpinning competition. Other people say the VFL team and then the State League. Other people say a VFL team and then regional competitions because obviously Tasmania is very widespread. We have three major population areas in the south, the north and the northwest. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, our state league doesn't have northwest teams in it. So we've got two teams in Launceston and five in Hobart. So, yeah, that's what Alistair Clarkson um, is, is trying to work out now, I think. And he's been getting around the whole state, talking to uh, all the different key stakeholders to try and work out what the best uh, structure is underneath the AFL side. Uh, Brent, um, you've been a great advocate for the young players coming through the, the Devils program the, probably the past 10 years. And... I've seen you write a few times on our draft night when no Tassie boys have got drafted. It's been a pretty sad night for, for the Tasmanian football community. But um, do, do you think that if a VFL team wants to come in, do you think that um, a lot of these boys who have travelled over to, to Victoria to play um, to get an opportunity, do you think a lot of them probably would possibly come come back or a lot of the Devils boys that are in the system now, you know, um, would, would stick stick around and probably try and play VFL? I'd hope so, yeah. That, that would be the plan. Obviously, we see um, a lot of players leave the TSL, unfortunately. John Menzies, a, a good example. He went to the, the Sandful and is going really well over there at the moment. He's had a, a couple of great weeks to start the season. So people like him, uh, you'd hope, would come back. Um, and there's countless others that have left too um, in more recent times. So that would be great if they can. And um, who knows, with, with a, a, you know the age we live in now with COVID, etc., and these extra players that are coming on lists and the COVID supplementary lists, um, there's going to be opportunities there, you think, for these sort of guys. So if they can come back home and, and play the same level of football that they are on the mainland, that'd be terrific. You might be able to explain to our listeners the um, north-south rivalry down there in Tasmania, and that obviously would cause another problem for an AFL side down there. How would you um, divide up the home games or how would you solve that problem, Brent? Yeah, look, the parochialism is uh, one that pops up a lot. And, you know, to be honest, it's got better over the years. I think it's a bit of a myth. Uh, there is some form of rivalry there, I guess. But um, we've seen with the, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers basketball team and the Hobart Hurricanes cricket team that, you know, they take games to the north and there's a split there. And, you know, the Hurricanes have got Hobart in their name and, and Montessin has embraced them um, really well. So um, I think um, the split will be interesting because the other piece of that is stadium and there's obviously a $750 million plan for a, a stadium in Hobart on the table um, so it's a lot of money to be investing if you're splitting the games equally between the north and the south so whether the south end up with a couple more games uh, I'm not sure because they're also pumping money into Utah Stadium too so uh, yeah a lot of things have got to play out here guys it's going to be really interesting but to me if you're putting $750 million into a stadium uh, you need more than six games of footy a year and they're talking about concerts and stuff but there's only so many concerts can have two and only so many top-level cricket games as well. So how are they going to fill that uh, that stadium um, for, you know, 150, 100 days a year will be fascinating. I'll tell you how they'll fill it. NRL team and A-League team wouldn't go <laughs> astray. Um, uh, North Hobart Oval, wouldn't it be nice to play a couple of games there as well at an old traditional ground? And you'd probably play against a GWS or a, a Gold Coast Sun where you probably just get one bloke and a dog and maybe somebody else from across the road come. <laughs> Yeah, look, the romantic in me says that would be amazing, but the problem with North Hobart is it's too small now for, okay. for modern-day footy. Yeah, it's quite uh, small compared to some of the bigger grounds that um, the AFL players are used to been playing on. Now, that's why we haven't had sort of practice games there for a long time. There was one actually scheduled there 
uh, was either this year or, the, or last year, uh, but that never happened in, in the end because of uh, the pandemic. So, yeah. so we're going to go back there, but yeah, I think that's the main issue. But uh, gee, it's a good venue. I love North Hobart, the traditional home of the footy here in Tassie. We've had some AFLW games there. It's just awesome because you're so close for the action. So yeah, I, I get your point, but I don't know if we get the tick off, unfortunately. I agree with you 100% on that, Brent. North Hobart's one of my top five grounds in Australia. It's an absolute picturesque ground, absolutely beautiful. And it leads me to my next question. Um, you've been around Tasmanian football for a very long time, and you were there when the Devils were around. Um, for our Victorian listeners who may be new to the VFL, can you sort of explain to us a little bit about the buzz that was around when the Devils were in the VFL? Because they were getting, you know, 7,000... 8,000 home and away games. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of support behind him. It was magnificent. It really was a good time. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. There were, there were massive crowds all over the state. They were playing in, on the northwest coast, in the north and in the south. I remember a couple of finals at Blunston Arena, which were absolutely packed. And, um, you know, you got some former AFL players back here, like Justin Plapp and Jason Heatley and Trent Bartlett, and the list goes on. And, Topped up by some really good players out of Tasmania that didn't quite go on and play AFL footy. People like Brett Gape and the Matthew Gapen and uh, Ian Callan at the time hadn't played AFL footy. He was a part of that team as well. So uh, yeah, we we're getting massive crowds, and um, that they came. The Devils came in when we lost the state league, and then um, they left when we got our state league back. So um, that's why a lot of people say the two can't coexist together. Um, so what's going to happen here is going to be yeah really interesting moving forward. Okay, now you get to say everything is signed off and they say, okay, Tasmania AFL side 2027 or whatever year it may be, and they say to you, Brent, you, you can um, pick up the first three players and the coach. Who would you go after? <laughs> well, Clarko would be nice if we can pick him off straight away. Hopefully he's not <laughs> at the Gold Coast Suns by that point. We can uh, get him in as our coach. And he has said that, you know, if uh, the stars align and he doesn't have a job at that point, he'd love to coach the state. So if we can make that happen, that'd be absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Uh, as far as players go, hopefully um, we'd get someone like Taron Thomas back by that yeah. stage. He'd be in the prime of his career um, by 2027, so it'd be nice to, to move him back as a marquee player, I reckon. And uh, Aside from that, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, hold my, my um, choices, I think, until I, I know a little bit more in a couple of years' time what, uh, what it looks like. Would, you, would there be a role for somebody like a Jack Rewald? Oh, 100%, yeah. Uh, that's what you want to try and do. You want to get people like him and, and maybe Richo and all these guys that have gone on and had wonderful AFL careers to come back home, hopefully, and yeah. have some role moving forward because um, there's no more passionate people about Tassie footy than the two we just mentioned, Jack Rewalt and, and Matthew Richardson. So, And Nick Rewalt's obviously on the, the task force at the moment. Um, there's plenty of people that would... Uh, Love to come and board back here. I reckon it'll be the hottest uh, job uh, jobs going around. I reckon one of one of the guys I reckon you should get on as an amb- ambassador would be Robert Shaw, the former Fitzroy yeah. and Adelaide um, coach, being a Tasmanian and a big supporter of Tasmanian football. Yeah, he's a massive supporter, Rob. Uh, I talked to him a fair bit uh, uh, on Twitter and uh, via messages and things like that. And uh, he's certainly uh, very very passionate about the push, and uh, obviously doesn't live here. Uh, at the moment, lives over your way, but yeah, um, yeah uh, 100% agree with you there. He'd be absolutely magnificent to have on board, for sure. Uh, Brent, we just, as we mentioned uh, at the start of the show, we, we spoke to Thane Brady, and Thane um, mentioned that you know he thinks it's probably the closest Tasmanian's ever been to getting a side. Would you agree with that, You know, in terms of what's going on now, that it's now or never almost, it's at that point where, I guess, what the, the, the Tasmanian Premier you know, put a bit of heat on the AFL to say, you know, we've got to give us a bit more, or we're, we're just going you know, to, you know, we're not going to be here forever, I guess, so to speak. Absolutely, without a doubt, we're closer than ever before. And uh, that was a little blip, unfortunately, last week with the resignation of our Premier Peter Gutwin because he's been such a, a huge um, player in this game. As you say, no one stands up to the AFL, really, and he stood up to the AFL like no state Premier has before. So uh, without him at the helm, uh, I was a little bit worried when it first happened, but then I thought about it a bit more. And as I said, we've got people like Alistair Clarkson, Nick Revolt, um, you know... Uh, uh, James Henderson, manager of the Stars, and, and Jeremy Rockers, our new Premier, is adamant he wants to finish the job that Peter Gutman has started. So I think a lot of the hard work has been done, hopefully, and, and now we await this vote uh, in August to see exactly what the presidents um, uh, want to do. But uh, yeah, look, no doubt we are closer than ever before. And, uh, you know, if this doesn't happen, it needs to happen. It has to happen, or, or the future of footy I really fear for in Tassie. Basketball is absolutely flying at the moment. There's not enough courts for kids to play on some. 
teams can't even train uh, before their games because there's not enough courts available. So um, basketball will go flying past footy if uh, we don't have a team here, I can assure you that. Well, one one last question before we let you go, Brent, is um, nickname for this AFL side. Like, I love the fancy name you gave the basketball side, the Jack Jumpers, and that's why I became a member of the Jack Jumpers, just because oh, the name was, the name was so outrageous. And I've got and Thane Brady had to explain to me where you know if you get bin by a Jack Jumper, you'll know about it and all that. Uh, have you got some other weird creatures down there that you can name the um, side after? I don't think so. That is the, the unique one, the Jack Jumper. There's no doubt about that. No one knew what it was. Uh, yes, yeah, spot on. Uh, everyone says he knows about it, but no one seems to anywhere else in the world. So I, I like it. So I, I, I couldn't stand it when I first heard about the, the Jack Jumper nickname. I thought everyone's just going to laugh at us for this, but everyone uh, now, once, as soon as I saw the marketing behind it and everything they did with it, it was absolutely brilliant. So uh, yeah, my opinion changed straight away. But I think we've got to go with Devils. Yeah. I think the logo yeah. they've got now is really good. Um, yeah. I think it just needs to be. And obviously, the Devils' nickname wasn't so great for basketball here back in the you know uh, late nineties when the NBL team had to fold in the first instance. But uh, yeah, I think it'd fit nicely into um, into the AFL. Yeah. Um, even though the Demon Devil, I guess, uh, is pretty similar with the yeah. Melbourne Footy Club. But uh, no, I think it'd be magnificent. I think uh, I thought I agree with you 100. It's got to be the Devils. It's got yeah. to be the Devils. Uh, Brent, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, great insight. Um, yeah, some things I didn't know um, going down there. You know, I guess with 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 Jack, uh, not Jack, Nick Rewald being involved a little bit more, and uh, Alistair Clarkson. You got some great guys supporting the, the cause down there. And thank you very much for joining us tonight and giving us a bit of an insight of Tassie footy. No, great to be on the show, boys. Thanks for inviting me on. Cheers. Thank Thanks, you very Brent. much, Brent. Brent Costello there, absolute legend of Tassie footy. He knows everything inside out. He's won, I think he won four media awards in a row down there. Um, yeah. Absolutely. If, if, if he's saying it, it's time, it's time. There, yeah. there's, there's no doubt whatsoever. If, 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 if we get to August and Tassie haven't got a team, I don't think it'll ever happen, to be well, honest. This leads me to the other thing. If they do end up getting a football team in Tasmania, AFL-wise, hopefully the network, whoever has the rights to the AFL, makes a play for Brent Costello as well. I know he's with oh. Channel 9 right now, and he's probably very loyal, but he, he may have ambitions of also getting involved in calling footy or... Star. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. Hopefully the AFL club does help, help um, you know, journalists down there in Tasmania yeah. like Brent, who, you know, unfortunately they haven't got a massive state league like, like yeah. the other states to, I guess... Mm. You know, um, so it would help a lot down there as well. Yeah. Uh, I guess the media as well, the AFL, if Tassie yeah. had a team, it'd be everywhere. There'd be billboards. There'd be so much marketing as well. Ooh, so yeah. uh, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break, though. Really looking forward to this because, as we mentioned, it's a Tasmanian show. But, and as Tasmanian, we're in the VFL. So we, we're, we're lucky enough to have a, a VFL legend segment. And Ben Beams from the Tasmanian Devils will join us after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Hello, I'm Peter Cassidy, host of the Monday Morning Program with a suggestion to promote your business and support 94.13 WBC at the same time. Because we're based in the community, our diverse programs and presenters reach a vast local audience every week. That makes sponsorship cost-effective. No more metropolitan-wide media spend to reach a market which is in your catchment area. And with a total of only five minutes an hour allowed, your message stands out. But importantly, sponsorship of community radio is a fraction of the cost of some other forms of advertising. It's 100% tax deductible, and the money we earn is spent developing a better radio station for a growing audience. To find out just how little it can cost to get your message to your local market, call 9285-4846 during business hours. 9285-4846. 94.1 3WBC, your community radio station and voice of the inner east. 3WBC football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget car and truck rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football.
And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our special guest for our VFA legend segment. And we have a man who played in a VFL premiership, premiership player. Also, most goals kicked for the Devils in Tasmanian um, in the history of the, the Devils for, I think it was seven years they played in the VFL. Also, uh, yeah, ended up playing uh, 95 games for the Devils, 23 for Sandy, and also played for Melbourne in the AFL, played in the 2000 Grand Final for the D's. And he's lucky. We're lucky enough to have him on the line now. Ben Beams. Ben, welcome to VFL Rewind. Thanks for reminiscing about the uh, the old days of the Devils. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, very happy to. Thanks for inviting me on. G'day, Ben. Lowshi speaking. Um, comparing the two clubs, Sandringham and Tasmania, how, how how did you find it when you finished up at Melbourne and headed home and um, signed with the um, Devils? Um, comparing Sandringham and Tassie, um, tell us about that. Um, yeah, I suppose Sand- Sandringham, I was basically, um, yeah, founded a very strong club as it, as it was and obviously the, the success they had with the alignment. Um, other AFL clubs didn't quite have that success, but, um, yeah, it was it was, it was was really good. Oh, I loved playing down at the Beach Oval, Trevor Barker Oval. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a great ground. It was a great bunch of blokes and we just seemed to gel really well in the first first year of the, um, we went from playing reserves in the first two years at Melbourne um, uh, and then it was obviously in the VFL comp so we played with played with Sandringham when we weren't playing seniors and it was just a great relationship but uh, yeah I was lucky enough, you know obviously AFL players when they get delisted now don't have the opportunity to come home to to the Devils or a VFL program which, but yeah I was lucky enough uh, when I did get delisted I got to go home and still play in the VFL which you know, hopefully it can happen again one day for the, the young blokes over there. Now, with um, the um, AFL side imminent in um, Tasmania, um, what's your philosophy on how, how it should be set up? Should there be a VFL side leading into the AFL like they did with the Gold Coast, like for, say, one or two seasons in the VFL and then make the transition into the AFL? Or um, is there any other way they can do it? No, I think I think it has to be, um, and I, and I was lucky enough to to play with the Devils for six years, and and the crowd and everything. Um, and the thing that ruined it really it wasn't uh, anything else other than um, bad management, and they went with an alignment. I think they were pushed a little bit by by the AFL to to align with North Melbourne, and and all of a sudden we went from getting five thousand people to roster games to. A thousand or, or whatever, because you'd only get North Melbourne supporters rocking up, or um, or your parents basically. So <laughs> it's uh, it basically stuffed it, and hence I sort of finished up when I was 27, 20. I would have loved to have played 200 games with the Devils, um, and and it just it ripped the heart out of the the, the club and the organisation. And you know, Matthew Armstrong would have still been coach, I reckon, if the North Melbourne thing hadn't have been in, um, put in place. So I think that's the way to go, Lousy. I think. You, you have to have a VFL program. Tassie have shown that they'll get behind it. Um, and, yeah, we we wouldn't possibly think of a relocation side down to Tassie because people, people are sick of being trod on down here. So we want our own and we... You know, we we think we're pretty close. Uh, ben, as you just mentioned, um, some yeah, good old days from the Devils. Um, people in Melbourne, um, who who didn't support the VFL back then would be shocked at the crowds that the Devils got. You know, seven eight thousand to games and then packing out. You know, Bloodstone Arena for finals. Um, I wanted to ask you, what were your what were your some of your favourite memories of playing for the Devils? Um, in that six year period of time. Oh, it was um, that was the the peak of my my footy career and probably the best best five six years um, and there's a lot of memories a lot of memories but uh, we played some terrific games at North Hobart um, especially in the early years we you know it's an amphitheater there North Hobart and that was that was our home and then we went to Bell Reef and we weren't really sure how how it'd go but yeah we ended up uh, I think we got 10,000 to a, a game which was inducted into the Hall of Fame where big Trent Bartlett he hadn't got a kick all day and he kicked Two, two late goals in the last quarter to lift us across the line against a pretty well stacked Geelong side. Um, it had some uh, up and coming champions playing playing in that, and some former champions. So um, yeah, that that was probably the best memory is our final series when we when we played at the Devils. And Ben, as as, um, as I think we mentioned at the start, you you come through the Mariners program, the Tassie Mariners. Um, 
must have been a good era, I guess, for the Tassie Maras because a lot of boys got drafted through that, you know, that um that era of compared to I guess when we look at now. And I guess that's a, the question I wanted to ask is um, do you think that I guess having the Mariners program or the Devils program in that NAB league now is is so important to developing the state um for for the next twenty years um with players um I guess. Because I guess when you come through the program, I'm guessing the the Mariners probably helped helped you and a lot of your teammates get drafted. Oh, it it certainly did. It it was it was massive when it came in. Um, I was 16, just finished year 10 at high school up in um, the north of the state um, in Exeter, and um, was lucky enough to have Chris Fagan as as the coach of it, um, and Gary Davidson. He was the he was the manager, and and basically I moved when I was 16. Um, boarded with a family in in Hobart, and it was a it was a really professionally run program which developed young footballers. And yeah, there were some very very talented boys, and and we'd get um, minimum of two or three four drafted every year out of the out of the Mariners program when it was full time, and it gave juniors a a thing to aspire to. At the moment, there's not that much for them to aspire to. So, um, you know, we. We uh, we've got that many players in the Sandful, in the VFL, in the um, Queensland competitions and stuff over there. Now we could we could have probably two VFL sides in Tassie at the moment if they all come back, you know. And that's that's a sad sad indictment on our well, administration over the last twenty odd years or twelve years. It's uh, it's sort of uh, very sad that they've got to got to do that. But you look at the basketball with the Jack Jumpers. People will jump on board. Um, people love their footy down here more than they do basketball. But basketball's the in thing at the moment because we've got a national team, you know. So, oh, yeah. Over the last 25, 30 years, there's been a lot of movement in that, or instability, really, we'll call it, in Tasmanian football, where teams have sort of um, disappeared either into just local-type competitions or disappeared altogether. What, what what do you reckon the cause was of uh, what do you reckon caused that? Because um, here we see Tasmania. You know, you look back in the sixties, seventies, eighties. All the guys that came out of Tasmania um, and then also went back once their VFL careers or AFL careers were over. What went wrong in that sort of nineteen nineties period and um, caused what's happening down there now? Yeah. Obviously, I think it was it was it was money and funding, and there might have been too many teams. I'm not sure, but I was really lucky um, to come through in the previous TSL um, in the late '90s and play with Glenorchy um, in 1997, um, and before I got picked up by Melbourne. Um, and every club had a uh, ex AFL player as a playing coach. We had David Reese Jones, Peter German. I was coached by Paul Hamilton, who who ended up coaching the premiership at Glenorchy. Um, they, they were good times, but at the moment, clubs haven't got that money or funding or yeah. or, or whatever. And you, you look at the Sandful and you look at um, the Canberra competition and Queensland; they got pokies, yeah. um, and that and that's a massive massive thing. They just the clubs haven't got a sports club down here. Glenorchy's got one of the best. Um, set up a full time bar and a new facility and everything there, but yeah. they, they've got no one, no one there. You know that's that's the sad part about it. But the kids have got to leave to play a better level of footy, and mm. you know it's it's very unfortunate. Uh, ben, I wanted, wanted to ask you a bit of a quirky question for us Victorian listeners who are Victorian listeners who are listening. Um, I, I did mention you. You mentioned you from the north, and I want to ask you a bit of a quirky question. Did you ever play on Queenstown Oval? And if you have, or if you know, obviously you know a bit about it. Can you explain to our Victorian listeners Queenstown Oval because it's one of the most <laughs> unique grounds in the world? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was never lucky enough to play on there. My cousin um, played a fair fair bit of footy up at the Queenstown Crows. He worked in the mines up there, and um, yeah, they certainly breed them tough up there because <laughs> it's. Uh, it's uh, not sand like some people say. It, it is a gravel football ground. They can't grow grass up there. Um, so if you ever need to teach a kid to keep their feet, they certainly would learn it at Queenstown, that's for sure. That, Plenty but, of uh, gravel ration that come off that ground. I think I might be wrong, but I think that Ian Stewart might have been from Queenstown, um, the great Brownlow medalist. So I think and he mentions that, that he keep your feet, he learned how to keep his feet down there because you, yeah, you don't want to get, you get cut and bruised and everything like that. Yeah, that that's, uh, certainly is. Yeah, 
been some champions come out of Queenstown over the years, that's for sure. Just one more question before we let you go, um, Ben. Congratulations, uh, Cricket Premiership a couple of weeks ago, is that correct? Yes, yeah. yes. No, I, uh, 43 years lucky. old, how lucky. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still not walking properly at the moment with the old knees and ankles. It's uh, yeah, wonderful little club down here, Wellington, which I've been a part of um, before. I, yeah, mid-90s I started playing in 95, 96 at Eddy Street. And uh, yeah, the only gaps I've had, I'd still come home when, when I was um, away in Melbourne and, and that playing football and slotting a couple of games over over Christmas and that, but uh, yeah, we we're lucky enough to, to get a first grade premiership the other week last year, you're right onto that. Well yeah. Ben, we really appreciate you joining us tonight to reminisce and um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us for VFR Rewind and um, yeah, hopefully we, um, we can cheer on a Tassie team in the years to come. Let's hope so. Thanks.